If you get your Bibles out and go to Luke chapter, no, not Luke, Romans chapter 14. My sermon title is called An Inside Job. Really what we're going to, I want to talk about tonight is joy. I want to talk about what it is and where it comes from and how to get it back if you've lost it. And, I, and I, it's very interesting. The subject is really interesting. And the way I, I, the Lord started dealing with me about preaching this was strange. It was very, very different than just joy. So go to 14, verse 17, Romans. It's talking about the kingdom of God. It says, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. All right, I'm going to read something here that I think will be interesting to you. A sinner cannot produce righteousness, peace, or joy. They can't produce it. It's not in them at all. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll, let me read the rest of this. I'm going to tell you where I got this from, and I think you'll find this interesting. All a sinner has is happiness. When a sinner dies, all of his happiness disappears, and he's left with nothing. In other words, a, a person who doesn't know the Lord, not born again, the only, the only element of God they have in their life is what is around them in this earth, the goodness of God that is here. But it's not in them. So you will see a lost person doing everything in their power to create happiness. And that's why you see them doing what they do. And which is strange to you and I because, well, you and I have a different approach. All happiness is produced by what a man has or does it is based only on circumstances. Now, let me tell you where I got this. In the last two weeks, um, I, I, you know, I go on Facebook or YouTube. I think I don't know which one I find it on. And I find certain videos of things I want to watch. And so the other night I was watching one on a girl who was a heroin addict and she um, grew up in a Christian home, and, and even though she knew about God, she was not born again. And she died and went to hell. Now, you can imagine if she's telling the testimony that she got out. The mercies of God. She said when she, when she died of an overdose and she found herself falling and in a black hole. Now, see, people will say, I didn't die. I was very much alive. You are alive forever somewhere. We read in our Bible, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. Everyone has life forever. In other words, you don't stop existing. But if you die without Jesus, you die dead. And see, we don't really think about that when we're talking to people, that a person who's not saved is actually spiritually 
dead. And that's why very often they look like they look, they act like they act, they do the things. They're looking for um, happiness in drugs or sex or money or job or career. They're, they're grasping at something to give them an environment of happiness. And if you hang around them long enough, nothing makes them happy. I mean, if everything's going right, they find something wrong with something. And so we know people like this. We know people that are lost. This girl found herself falling down, and she said, I landed in, in a hole. I landed someplace, and I looked up. She saw the gates of hell, and she said right then she remembered. Well, she cried out after she did an OD, OD'd on um, heroin, and even though she grew up in a Christian church, she wasn't a Christian. And right at the moment she was dying, she said, oh, Jesus, help me. Say, that's close. But you, aren't you glad he listens? Yeah. And even though that, oh, Jesus, help me, she was not born again. She went down into hell. She saw the gates. And then she, she began to, she said it was, she talked about, how bad, I think I did the video with y'all, how bad it was and how there was, how hot it was, everything. And then she, she, she started crying out to God and then she found herself in the ambulance and y'all, I, I forgot I showed you that video. But anyway, she, she came back oh, and she got on fire for God. Oh, she got on really fire. But she made a statement. She said, I remembered that my whole life seemed to be hell except my surroundings. You see, so many people that are not saved, they don't realize that God is in the earth. And that's what the, the joy or the peace or the whatever they have is because they're here. And it's not because it's in them, it's because it's around them. So the next guy, Lisa then saw that I did that. She sent me one of a guy that uh, was an atheist. And, and um, I'm, I want to go through this because I think you'll enjoy this. And he was an agnostic, and he was in his 20s, and he died in Arizona, drank some water, and he died. And when he died, he, he, he's, same thing, it was solid black, and he remembered being drawn up into the presence of a person sitting and, and it was Jesus, and he had something over his face so he couldn't see him. And he looked at the guy, and, and he, said, he said, I could tell he really loved me. I had never been in the presence of so much love and peace. But he looked at me, and he said, my love has consequences. It has boundaries. See, we sort of think that the love of God means there are no boundaries. You're a parent. You love your kids. I hope you have boundaries. Thank you. I'll come over here and preach. I had a little grunts over here, a little couple. But anyway, the Lord, the Lord told him, he says, now I'm going to send you. You're going to leave my presence now. And, and you're going to go, in other words, you're going to go to, you're going to go to hell. You don't deserve to go here. 
And, uh, and, and he says, but I'm going to say this to you before you leave me. He said, can I come back? He said, he said, I can't determine where you spend eternity. Only you can make that decision. He said, but I'm going to send you where you deserve to go. And if it gets too rough for you, use my name. Now, let me stop here and go that down that direction. He said, I was saying Jesus Christ constantly. He said, there was this thing that came up that looked like a lizard, and I named him Lizard Breath. And it was a demon spirit, and he said that everywhere Lizard Breath escorted me, what he didn't know was that the lizard was escorting him into the... the, um, uh, everyone has a cubicle in hell. The, it, down in hell, everybody that dies has a cubicle based on how bad you were. In other words, there's levels of hell. And he said as he would go by cubicles, he would know who was in there and what, what, what they did in their life. And he said every person is constantly replaying all of the hell they created and lived in on the earth. Over and over and over and over and over and over. He said he went by Hitler's cell and Hitler was in a fiery, whatever those things that you burn people, for every person he executed. He went through the furnace of every person he ever killed. He would die and come back and die and come back and burn to death and come back forever. Now, let me tell you, that's hell. Thank y'all. Boy, y'all excited. The lizard breath, yeah, I don't want to go. We're not, we're not going to go. We're not, we're not going. Say, we're not going. We're going to get into joy in a minute. We're going to get into joy in a minute. Matter of fact, I'm going to jump way ahead because I got y'all buried. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. All right. See, where we're going to go tonight, where I'm taking you is where does joy in you actually come from? What does it mean, rejoice in the Lord? What does that mean? Well, we're going to find out. We're gonna, we're, I got to take you to hell first so I can get you back into joy. Okay, y'all. So anyway, this lizard breath is about, he said these words. He said, every time the demons would try to attack me and bite me, he said, if I said Jesus, now listen, he's an unsaved man in hell using the name and demons can't touch him. I'm thinking, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> That's powerful. So sometimes if you don't know the truth, ask Satan. He'll tell you. Amen. So anyway, as he's going down in, the, and lizard breath is about to stuff him in the cubicle, he starts going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And the medic had pumped his stomach out. And, and all of a sudden, he, he was down in hell, and, he was, and, and lizard breath was about to stick him in the cubicle, and all of a sudden, he said, someone approached him from behind. He said, I didn't know who it was, but whoever it was, was so powerful that when he came up behind me, all the demons fled. 
And he said, oh my God, it's the devil himself, it's Lucifer. And he, he thinks, I'm, I'm down here forever, I'm never coming out, this is it. He said, and it was Jesus. He said, he wrapped his arms around me, pulled me up in his arms, held me, and came out of hell. And he said, when I got out, he said, he looked at me in blue on me. And he said, all of a sudden, I'm back in an ambulance, and they're pumping my stomach out. Yeah, say mercy. We're going to go there in a minute. Then he said, after they got my stomach pumped out, I went home and I sat down in a chair and I said, I, he was an agnostic. He was an atheist. And he made this statement. He went to Luke um, 18. We're going to go there in just a minute. We're going to go to Luke 18. He said he went to Luke 18 and, and the Spirit of God led him to read it. And the man in Luke 18 said, Father God, have mercy on me. I, I am an unrighteous man. I don't deserve you. And see, he said that man went home righteous. Let's go there. I want to read that because it, it's very important for us to read this tonight. I want you to see this. Um, let me see, Luke, Luke 18. I may just, um, listen to this. Verse 24, it says, and when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, how hard it is for those, uh, that's not it. No, it's nine. 18, 9. And he spoke a parable and said, some trusted in themselves they were righteous and despised other. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Thank God I'm not like other people, extortioners, unjust adulterers, even as this tax collector. Now let's stop for a minute and think about this. Just because you're doing better than someone else, what does that mean when it comes to you and God? It, it means nothing. Now, now listen, right now in the world, when we're talking to people who are not born again, you'll hear this. Well, I'm not that bad. Maybe not. Compared to what? Other people? That's getting, now it, you could be, a, you could be a, a, a murderer and be better than most people. Never mind. Okay, okay. Boy, that was, that went over good. All right. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. The tax collector standing far off. A tax collector was a traitor to the Jews. There was a Jewish person who took taxes from the Jews for the Romans. In other words, he had become, he had changed sides. So he's a traitor. So much as raised his eyes to heaven, beat his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said that when he got back, and, and Jesus raised him from the dead, he read that, and he sat in a chair in his living room, and he said, Jesus, without you, I have nothing. I am nothing. He said, I give you me, and I give you my life, and I receive you in Jesus' name. And he said he was born again. Now, I want you to think about something that we do in 
our churches, Word of Life, Faith and Word, Charismatic, Tongue Talking Devil Church, we spend an enormous amount of time talking about how God has made you the very righteousness of God. But we sometimes need to go back and mentally remember that before he made you the righteousness of God, you were the devil. Now, let's, let's think about that. I, w- I want to go to Ephesians, please. You, you may think I'm belaboring something, but this is really where joy comes from. Until you know who you are and how you got where you are, you're not going to have any joy. Joy is a byproduct of the mercy of God. That's why it says rejoice in the Lord. Not, you're not rejoicing in yourself. You're, you wake up in the morning and go, it was mercy. It was mercy. Now, why am I saying this? Let, let's, let's go down. People are looking at me all the time and saying, I wished I had a move of God. Well, I wish you had one too. It has nothing to do with whether we're having the right atmosphere in church for you to have a move. All you need to do is remember how bad you were, all he did, and you, th- you can have a revival right now. Well, ago I made, I just quoted a scripture and y'all busted out. That's, that's what, you should do that a lot. <laughs> that's a move of God. I mean, that's a, never mind. Ephesians um, 2, I said, yeah, 2, 1. And you has he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. See, listen, a sinner is not, is not just a bad person. They, they belong to the devil, and their whole insides are dead. They're dead in sin. That's an unsaved man. And I tell people all the time, don't die dead. See, sinners don't know this. When, when we're talking to people, and they, I had a friend one time say, don't you know R. Robert stealing all that money? Well, listen, I don't talk to sinners about tithing. That's a dumb. And listen, I tell sinners, we take up the tithe for you. The tithe is for you to get you saved. More than that. Okay. And I looked at my buddy and I said, have you ever lied? He went, yeah. Have you ever stolen anything? Yeah. I said, well, you're going to hell. Okay, Oral Robert's going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going, what are you worried about Oral? Brother, you're dead in sin. Now, here, here's a, here's a, let's think about this a minute. What if I had a pill? And I said, I have a pill here tonight, and it's going to cost you $100, and it'll cure you of the Goomby Goomby disease. And you look at me and go, oh, that's cute. And we want to buy one, and they go, and you go, no. But what if I looked at you and said, 
here's how you know you have the goomby goomby. Your left ear's itching. And I see Frank and he's been scratching his left ear. And I said, and your right eye's twitching. And he goes, and my right eye's been twitching. And I said, and you've been sneezing for the last 30 minutes. And he goes, he, I said, you have 30 minutes to live. And he goes, I want one of them pills. You don't know you need Jesus until you know why. See, we're trying to get people saved that don't even know you're on your way to hell. What do you think the Bible is for? Why do you think we have the law? So you can go, dang, I broke it all. I'm going, I, when I die, it will not be well for me. And you understand, that's why people say, don't you put me in condemnation. Honey, you're already in condemnation. You're damned now. We're trying to help you not be damned. All right, all right, now I'm getting ahead of myself because I still hadn't got you out of hell yet. I got to keep you here for a few more minutes. That's okay. In which you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the son of disobedience. That's you, pre-Jesus. Among whom you also once conducted yourself in the lust of your flesh, you fulfilled the desires of your flesh and of your mind, and you were by nature a child of wrath just as others. That's all of us in this room right now. Now, you may not go, ah, that wasn't me. Well, you're just deceived. You might have been a good sinner, but you're a sinner. You might have been a good sa- Satan, but you are a good sa- but you're still a little devil nonetheless. Now, people like me and Kenny, we know about grace because nobody had to tell me we were heathen. We knew we were heathen. What about you, Frank? Did you, did you ever come to the revelation that you were heathen? Absolutely. See, Lisa didn't. She was born again in an assembly of God church in a diaper, and so she don't know nothing about new creation. She actually tried to get saved one time after she's already saved and found out didn't. No, but it, let me tell you something. There's a benefit to growing up knowing the Lord since you were a kid. But for a while, if any man's in Christ, a new creation, she looked at me and go, what? Been a new creation since she was three, you know. And our boys, same thing. They've been talking in tongues since they were in diapers. They'd run around the house, mama, I want something to eat. Just not quite like that, pretty close. All right, let's, 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 let's go down to 11. Therefore, remember that you once was a Gentile in your flesh who was called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God. I want you to think about that. The guy I was just telling you about, now, none of us in here are ever going to get down in hell before we go, I think it's time to make a decision. So it's good to talk about them because we're not there. But imagine that's, that's too close for me. 
But the, but the world around us right now is without hope. They don't have any. That's the reason for the alcohol and the drugs and the sex and the excessive spending of money. That's where all they're, they're miserable. And you're sitting around praying and going, I just don't like these people I work with. Well, they don't even like themselves. And you're a light bulb in their life, and they don't like that either. Well, what you're going to have to do is pray for them and, and, just, and just love on them and, and minister to them because they see, the, Satan, the God of the world, has blinded their minds from truth. They think they're okay. That's dangerous. You have to know better. You have to go, yeah, you're not in good stuff. I got to pray for you. You're not in good shape. How are we doing? Now in Christ, verse 13, you who weren't once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Now, let's, let's get ahead of myself for a minute. What are you doing when you take communion? You're remembering. This is what you should be doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. If you hadn't gone to that cross unselfishly, gone and took the beating you took, then been, and then had to die spiritually, go down in the region of the damned for three days and shed every drop of blood in your body, I wouldn't have a stone's a snowball's chance in hell of sitting here right now. It is by your blood I'm saved and I'm set apart and I'm born again and my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. That's, that's what should be going on in you during a communion service. Now, the other side of communion what about those people who dropped dead early? They forgot that. They've gone back to going, it don't matter how you live. And the Bible says that God judges them out of mercy. So they're not lost. I thought they were saved. Were. Don't play with sin. Why would you want to take the sacrifice Jesus and see how close you can get to hell while you're here? Why would anybody do that? What would be the benefit of it? There is none. There is nothing good in sin. Jesus told a lady, sin no more lest the worst thing come on you. Why do you get born again, turn around and go back into it, and then say, I'm saved, I can live any way I want to? Do you not have any idea? Read, read, don't make me preach it. Just read it yourself. What it means to fall away. Amen. How do you keep from falling away? Because you worship God. You worship, you say, now I'm not talking about singing. You can sing. 
How do you worship God? You wake up every day and you go, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for who you are. Thank you, you redeemed me from the, from the curse of the law. Thank you that I'm born again. Thank you, you gave me the Holy Ghost. I love you, Jesus. I love you. Praise you. I love you, Jesus, and I'm living for you. And, I, and, and all, if I, if without you, I can do nothing and go nowhere. Thank you. I, work, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. That's how you keep straight. That's called a revival. And you can have one all by yourself. <laughs> and you should. We haven't got to joy yet. We've got to get to joy. Okay. Go to Romans 3. I've got to keep in hell a little bit longer. You're like, oh, no, oh, no. Aren't you glad you're not going? Aren't you glad you're not going? Say, I'm glad I'm not going. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're not going to hell. So listen, just don't worry about reading about it. But, but you see, sometimes you don't appreciate what was paid for you if you don't realize what was paid for you and how bad you were. The only thing that could, that could redeem you was Jesus' blood. God had to have something so valuable that he would accept it in the place of you. Without him, he said, without me, you can do nothing. You see, people walk in this church and they're like little hellions. And they say, you don't want, we don't, you don't want people like me. I went, the whole building is people like you. Some of them are cleaned up heathen. Some of them are rich heathen. Some of them are Mercedes Benz driving heathen. But we're all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And every one of us in the room right now is where we are because of what Jesus did. And there ain't no good devils and bad devils and clean devils. And they're all devil. And then we got born again. <laughs> That's good preaching. All right. <laughs> Romans 3, this is talking about a lost person. Verse 10, there's none righteous, no, not one. No, I mean, not one. I'm talking about not saved. I'm not talking about Christians. You, you know what I'm talking about here. They're talking about unsaved men. There's none who understands, none who seeks God. Did you know that sinners aren't looking? That's why you're praying for them. So they'll go, Sean die. I think I'm going to hell when I die. And then, you know, we, you, you drag them into church, and they come in kicking and screaming, and they hear the gospel, and they go, oh, I found out today I'm going to hell. Glory be to God. And I found out I don't have to. You see, that's, that's, your, that's your job. Yep. Amen. Love on them and give them Jesus. And don't be shocked if they don't grab him the first time. Right. They should if they had any brains. I've got to really pray about whether I want to go to hell or not. Really? And what's the benefit? Never mind, never mind, never mind. Verse 12, they've all turned aside and have become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. Their tongues, they've practiced deceit. Sound like Washington, D.C. The poison of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their way. And the way of peace they have not known. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. 
That's the world we're living in. And it's getting worse. So I'm going to ask you a question. What's the answer? Listen to me. There's only one. Now listen, you watch a lot of stuff on TV about what this earth needs. People who created the problem can't fix it. A sinner can't fix it. Backslidden Christians can't fix it. There's only one way to fix it, and that's to get them born again, washed in the blood, get the devil out of them, get them full of God, and get them full of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, and now you've done something. Whether you understand this or not, we're headed into the time that God will finally judge the earth. How many of y'all saw the movie Freedom? What was it? The something of freedom? That's awesome movie. And I'm going to tell you something. Thank God for the men that are rescuing them as fast as they can. But there is a rescue that must happen. They must get them saved. Because there's a hell worse than that. Now, we live in this time. It appears overwhelming to me. But the greater is he that's in us than he that is in this world. I'm going to tell you something. Just like Samson, I think the church's best days are ahead. It's going to take you and I doing some praying. Okay. That's one of the reasons I'm talking tonight. We're going to do a little bit of praying about them. All right. Acts 20, 21. I want you to put it up on the screen. Acts 20, 21. Testifying the Jews and also the Greeks... Repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord. Without, what happens when you repent? What happens? It is the door to salvation. Go back, let's go back to the man that was an atheist and then Jesus delivered him. He went, I repent. The repentance is what causes you to be born again then the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace with God, right standing with God. See, righteousness is given to you, but it's also a righteous lifestyle. So listen as I say this. You're not going to have joy living a backslidden Christian life. Do you understand that? See, the, the key to joy is righteousness. And righteousness given to you is so that you can live righteously. I didn't say perfect. But you can have a perfect heart. When people are living right, then, then there is an there's the joy of the Lord in you becomes your strength. The strength to be a Christian comes from the joy that you have about Jesus. If you lose sight of how you got where you are, you'll lose your joy and you'll lose your strength. 
That's good, isn't it? Do you understand where I'm going with it? Because people looking around and they're going, I just wish we had a move of God in this church. Well, what are you waiting on? You sit there with your teeth in your mouth and someone's preaching the Bible and you're waiting for God to slap you upside the head, jerk you around, and to make you happy? What else is he going to do? Now, I'm going to tell you a story. When I was going to Ramah, and you heard me tell the stories of me wrestling with my salvation. I had this mindset, even though I was born again, that I was a forgiven sinner. I had that mind that I got forgiven, that was preached, come to Jesus and be forgiven of your sin. You don't need to be forgiven, you're dead. I was dead in sin, but see, I didn't know what I know now. Everything I know now came from the fact that I wanted, I, I, part, I was full of joy and in my head miserable. Have y'all ever, you know what I'm talking about? It's weird, I'm struggling with my soul because I, I would do something wrong one day and I go, Oh, oh no. And, and all of a sudden, I became very uh, fearful I was going to lose this. Didn't know how I got here. I didn't, I didn't really understand why God was treating me so nice. I mean, I knew he was treating me nice, but I didn't know why he was doing it. And I was sure that it wouldn't be long he'd find out I was bad and he'd go, eh, even though the Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you, there's always that, that, that Pentecostal, looming, legalistic, not good enough, never have been good enough. And if you hang around Christians, they'll, they'll let you know you're not good enough. And so there was always that inside of me all the time. And I'm living in that. And when I went to Ramah, I had a certain amount of, you know, I got to live right. I got to, you know, I quit watching all television. I quit hunting and fishing. It's a sin. Everything was a sin. Drinking's a sin. Chewing gum's a sin. Going to the mood. I mean, I just, if it looked like sin, I just quit it. Probably didn't hurt me. Lisa don't like my John Wayne movies now anyway. She, I said, well, that's mild compared to Clint <laughs> or Tombstone. Anyway, so I'm sitting in Raymond one day, and Bobby Indian's preaching on grace. And I'm listening to it, Kenny. And I'm sitting there, and he's pointing out the Scriptures that I am complete in him and that everything I have is because of the blood of Jesus. And I'm sitting in class, and I'm going like, oh, my God. I am like redeemed. I am like God loves me. I'm like his favorite. Now, you understand, this was, this was pre-Brother Hagen Holy Ghost meetings. I had never seen one. I had never seen anybody dance in church. No one, no one did that then, okay? Next Sunday morning, I'm in church. I'm sitting right here, second row, where Diane's sitting. Buddy Harrison's preaching, and I'm still thinking about what Bobby Indian said. I'm still thinking about how good God is. Man, I'm like, I'm like born again. I'm like redeemed. I've been made like righteous. And I'm like, and I'm sitting in my chair. 
and Buddy thinks he's preaching good and he ain't got nothing to do with Buddy. And, and, and I said to God, I said, I feel like dancing. And the Holy Ghost said, dance. Now, do you understand? No, no one ever did this. I was the first. I got out of my chair. And I cut around. I, mean, I just, I'm just so full of joy on the inside of me. I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. I'm born again. I'm alive with a life of nature, God. And I, and I just couldn't sit any longer. And then I sat down. I'm weeping. I'm crying. Patsy Harrison, which is Brother Hagen's daughter, she grew up in Pentecost. She said, I'm going to have to explain to you what just happened. I said, explain to me because I don't even know what happened. <laughs> but that proved something to me. You don't need the band. It's what are you thinking about? Now, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. He took my sin. He, he buried it as far as the east is from the west. It doesn't even exist anymore. That old man is dead. I'm a brand new man. I've been made righteous. I've been made holy. I've been made complete in Jesus. Now listen to me, when, when someone's up preaching and you're sitting there like, you're strange. I mean, you really, uh, what's he asking us to do? Look like an idiot. I wish God would take you to hell for 30 minutes. Just dip you in hell. Come get you out. And we'll see how you act. You'll be the craziest person in this building. I'm glad he took that guy. And that guy told me about it. I don't. That would scare the hell out of me. I'm going to tell you why. I don't. So I got to tell you one more story. Right after I got born again, and I told you, even though I didn't understand it in my soul, you can have the knowledge here and not have it here. I would lay in my bed at night, and I would go, God, you're being so good to me. You're being so good to me. Oh, thank you. I don't understand what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing. You got me a job. You got me out of debt. and You got me a new car, and, and you healed my body, and you... You're just so good to me. You're just, you're just so good. And I, I would cry myself to sleep at night. I was so appreciative of what he did. Had he not got me, uh, you know I, know, I know we have a police officer here, but it's a scary thing when they put dogs on you and you know when they get you, you're going to the pen. You can run a long ways. I don't want to tell you how dogs find you. You pee constantly. <laughs> you do. You, you just, you're running through the woods. You're just, 
you scared out of your ever-loving mind. And all you hear is, oh, oh. And you see the flashlights, and you take off running again. And had it not pulled off the dogs off me when the sun came up, I'd be in prison instead of here preaching. And you think I'm not excited about it? When I'm having a bad day, I go back and go, thank you, Jesus. See, I don't care if I've been saved almost 50 years now. It's like yesterday. I lived in a house. People talk about white privilege. I had it coming out of my ears, I'm going to tell you. No carpet, no heat, no air-conditioned, pot-bellied wood stove. Chickens for eggs, cow for milk, cut firewood. It is not a romantic life, not even close. And I'm living in a house full of hellions. And, and, and everybody, we, we'd go down to the river and, and catch fish with our hands. At that time, it was illegal. Hunt deer illegally. We had, to, we had to eat. You know, I'm on unemployment, $83 a week. Barely ever had any money. I had one pair of blue jeans, one pair of shoes, and one shirt. That's it. You don't realize that until then you get born again one day and God starts blessing you and you're like, what did I do? Nothing. All I did was pray a prayer and he starts treating me like I've done no wrong. Your brain can't handle it. You're like, uh, every day I get God on me. He come. And, and even now I wake up and I'll pray about something and he'll do it. And I'm amazed. But it's not because of me. It's because of Jesus. And sometimes I go in there and take communion by myself and go, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm going to say something to y'all. This church wouldn't be here if it was up to me. I'm not that good. I've made more mistakes than a man should make and still have a church. And you probably have too. You're where you are by grace. God has kept you. And when we've been in the pit, the Holy Spirit came and helped you and got you out. Come on, y'all. That's the secret to joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's what it means when it says, rejoice in the Lord. All right, boy. Go to Philippians 4.4. 4. I want you to go. No, go to 1 John 1. 1 John 1. I want to show you this, and we'll go to 1 Philippians 4.4. 4. Let's go to 1 John 1. This has been such a controversy. I wish it wasn't. I'm going to show you what to do if you lose your joy. It's really not hard. It's actually, there's directions on the back of the box. <laughs> Verse 1. That which has been from the beginning, which we have heard, which has seen with our eyes and looked upon, our hands and handle concerning Word of Life Church, where you should be going to church. The life was manifested, and we have seen, and we bear witness and declare to you eternal life, which was with the Father and manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you may have fellowship with us. 
and our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus. These things we write to you that you're what? That your joy will be full. Now, we fellowship with God and we fellowship with Jesus. But now listen, he made a statement here, and we're going to read it. You need to stay in fellowship with each other. Now, how do you do that? Everybody that's in this room right now has issues. Okay? If you hang around them long enough, you will find them. But they'll find yours. And after a while, they'll be going, uh, you know that Zach guy? Uh, I got to know him a little bit. Went to the gym with him a few times. And, you know. But now you stop and think about this. Wait a minute. Be merciful as he's merciful. Do to others as, yeah. So, would your love walk toward people who are imperfect have anything to do with your joy? Absolutely. So that's why God puts you in a church. So you can go, they're crazy. Join us. <laughs> We're, we're rejoicing in the Lord. You know how good I am? My last sermon. I can preach 10 good ones. You let me preach a bad one. And there'll be people walk out and never walk back in. L let me help you with this. I'll preach another bad one someday too. I, I will promise you that. Do y'all understand that? And we will be with you when you have a, a, de a day. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray for you. We're going to be patient. We're going to be kind. And we're going to remember that he's working in us and he's working in you. Now let's read it together. Let's read it together. This is the key to joy. The verse 5, this is the message which we've heard and declare to you God is light. There is no darkness in him. If we say I have fellowship with him and you're walking in darkness, you're lying. <laughs> Stay out of sin. So, so what do you do when you get in sin? We're going to read it. Father, I shouldn't have said that. Father, I know, I know. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the mediator sitting at the right hand of God. Thank you that you're there. Glory be to God. I'm, I'm working on it, God. I really am. I really am. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love hardly notices when others do it wrong. Oh, love keeps no record of wrongs. I got it, God. I'll get my Bible back out and read it. Yeah, Father. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you. And then forgive yourself. Don't just live like hell and want to know what's wrong. See, y'all went quiet on me, right in the middle of a revival. If we say we have fellowship with him, we walk in darkness, we, we lie and don't pray. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How do you keep the blood flowing? By keeping the fellowship flowing. Now, let's talk about other churches. We have a, people here from other churches we're, I, I saw something on Facebook the other day. We're not in gangs. It's okay 
for you to know people from another church that we all know that their, their churches are not as good as this one, but we still love them anyway, right? Right? Okay. I actually said that to the Nazarene pastor one day, and I asked the guy who was in the Baptist church, and I said, how does it feel to be in the second best church in town? She said, I wouldn't know. <laughs> you have to have a little fun. I mean, people, it's like, You're going to spend eternity with them. You might. <laughs> what I'm going to laugh about is this. I'm going to pick on. When I get there, there's going to be a lot of Nazarenes in my class. <laughs> you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you mad anyway. <laughs> but I'm sure I'll be in some of his too. Okay. Amen. Okay. Are y'all out there? Can y'all laugh with All right, good. All right. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in it. But if we confess our sins, why did he say that? You know why? Because we have a bad tendency of not taking ownership of it. You know why I'm acting the way I am? You just don't know what I've been going through lately. Really? It must be terrible. I've lost my joy from the people I've been hanging around. No, that's not why you lost your joy. <laughs> lost your joy because you became self-righteous. <laughs> sure, I'm glad I'm not like that person right over there. <laughs> the key to joy is righteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word's not in us. My little children, we write these things to you that well, you will not sin. If anyone sins, you have an advocate with the Father Jesus. He is the propitiation for our sins, not only ours, but the whole world. The propitiation means, means the mercy seat. All right. Look at Philippians 4.4. 4. How am I doing? Oh, I got time. Yay, I'm not out of time. Philippians 4.4, 4, just pop it on the screen. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, rejoice. We were never told to rejoice in anything else. No matter what you're going through today, the Lord is good. God is on my side. If God is for me, who could be against me? I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I rejoice in the Lord. Now, that's how you keep your mind on him. Now, that right there means that joy has something to do with you. And what, so Satan's constantly trying to get your eyes off of Jesus and onto the problem. And you're walking around. Where's your joy? Well, God is good. I know he's good. You're born again, aren't you? I'm born again. I know I'm born again. Shut up. <laughs> well, just confess. Your sin. I, know the, I know the scripture. I know the scripture. Well, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> you, you can actually, and I'm, I'm not talking about the word happy. Now, let, let's talk about happy a minute. Does God want you unhappy? No. no. But don't let the 4th of July and the fireworks and the food be what makes you happy. Amen. Get full of joy and then go be happy. Amen. Now, you know that Lisa and I are headed to Hawaii, right? Do you think that made her happy? Yes. 
Absolutely. She's already packed. <laughs> She's home. But, so am I. <laughs> we're, we're going to have more fun than a bear. We're, we're going to have a ball. And a long overdue, get out of Dodge and go do something. Leave the church to Justin and Megan and T. And y'all are going to be faithful to church in the name of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something. We're going to, Lisa's been wanting to do this for a while. Jordan gave us a trip to Hawaii during COVID. And they called, told us we had to stay in a hotel for two weeks. I went, I, I ain't going to Hawaii and sit in a room. So we canceled that. You understand, that was disappointing, but we didn't lose our joy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not walking around with a sad face no matter what happens. I hope that you understand that. Now go to Nehemiah 8.10. Pop that on the screen. He said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. For holy to the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you're, you're full of joy, you're strong in the Lord. Amen. Satan knows that. When you're worshiping God, that's where the, you swap strength with God. It's the key to a good day. Worshiping God is the key to a good day. All right, let's look at one more. Let's look at one more. Luke 10. Luke 10, 17. And the 70 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority, trampling on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this. Don't rejoice that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Don't rejoice that I blessed you coming in and blessed you going out. Don't rejoice in the fact that you have a nice car to drive and a nice bed to sleep in. You rejoice in what? My name is written right now, right now, right now, right now. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and I have been washed in the blood, and there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, and as he is, so am I in the earth. Glory to God, that's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Now, you may not think that's a big deal until the day you die. I'll guarantee you that'll be the thing on your mind. Nothing matters on your deathbed. But is my name written in the Lamb's book of life? And I'm going to say this. The older you get, Catherine will tell you this. Diane will tell you this. Angela hadn't quite got there yet. Stays on your mind more. September 21st, I'm going to be celebrating big 7-0. You know what 70 means? You're old. Well, when I was a kid, my grandfather was 70, and he was an old man. Are you old man? Mama, I told my mom, I said, Pop's old man. You shut your mouth, you'll be old one day. I went, I won't never be like that. 
now I'm like that. But I got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now listen to me. When you, when, when you come to church, the, the point of coming to church is to spend time with God. You, you know, it's, it's, you, you, know you, you want the sermon to be good, but it might not. You want the music to be good, but they might have an off day. Don't wait on them. You just have your own revival. I'm going to say something before I close. Norville Hayes made a statement. He said, I got this book, How to Live and Not Die by Norville Hayes. It's talking about when you get older and the doctor gives you a bad report. He said, the first thing you need to do every morning is worship God. He said, if you don't worship God, don't expect him to come to your house and do nothing. I'm going to tell you something. That's, that's a missing ingredient today where people just stop and go. I give you glory. Thank you, Father. All that you've done for me. You got me out of more messes. Come on, y'all, right now. Let's just give. Father God, thank you. Lisa, I'm so proud of you. You're doing so much better. Adam, I'm proud of you. Born again. You were a heathen from hell, boy. You were something else. Paul, you were a mess. But he redeemed you and turned you into the righteousness of God and turned you into a man of God, Paul. How many of y'all say, he's gotten me out of more messes? He's gotten me out of more messes. Woo! He's answered prayers. He's healed my body. He's lifted me up. He gave me friends when I had none. He gave me a job when I had none. He healed my body when I didn't know what to do. Glory to God. <laughs> I woke up this morning. I wasn't in jail or hell. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Say, I am a move of God. I always wondered how Paul could be in a jail with his back beat singing and never forgot what Jesus did. We're going to stand with him. We're, gonna, we're all going to die one day, and we're going to know that when we leave here, there's going to be a big old angel grab us and go, let's go home. And there won't be a drop of condemnation anywhere. All of the judgment that we would have had, he took it. Glory be to God. Why does God answer your prayers? Because of Jesus. Why does he heal you? Himself. A lot of times people are believing for healing. You need to get your eyes on Jesus. Thank you that you bore my sins and my sickness. You bore them away. You bore them away. You answer prayer because of you, because of what you did for me, and you made me righteous. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) 
Let me say one more thing about the Spirit. I'll be at home sometimes and I'll start singing the song. Next thing you know, I'll start singing in the Spirit. That's impossible to do without the Holy Spirit living in you. And I'll just start singing in the Spirit. Ten, fifteen minutes later, I'm just as drunk. <laughs> Life can't get any better than that. I mean, I, the finances are the same. Everything's the same. But I'm not. Because I'm not. I'm not dead inside. I'm not waiting on circumstances. I'm alive. I'm alive of God. Isn't that sweet? I, I, I wish that, that our churches would get back, and, and we're going we're gonna to do it here. On Sunday morning, don't be, don't be surprised if we don't jump to the preaching the Word so quick. Close your eyes and worship God. You need an encounter with Him. You need an encounter with God. Kids today need encounters with I need an encounter. You say, well, I'm waiting on you, Pat. You're not waiting on me. He's not coming to church if you're not worshiping. I'll tell you that right now. If you're not interested in him, he ain't coming. Yeah, I wish he'd shut up so we can get out of here. I got some place to go. He ain't coming. But Father God, thank you. I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be married to this woman right here if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't be healed. I'd be dead right now. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be in pulpit right now. I wouldn't be. One of you sending me to Ramah, you did that. I didn't do that. You sent me to school. You're the one that lifted me up. You're the one that gave me people in this church. I, I didn't do this. You did this. You did this. You're a good God. You're such a good God. You're so good. You're so good to me. You're so good to me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Happy fifth. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to share the word. I pray we get up and walk out of here tonight and go, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Joy is an inside job. You gave me your joy. Now I'm going to do something with that. I praise you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Y'all have a good night. Y'all have a wonderful night. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. 
So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.